unseasonably busy. Unseasonably busy. What's Ridic- the right season for a bar to be? Right. But bars are kind of perennial. I don't know. Things, I, just, I want, I want the bar we're at to be like relatively busy, but not like extra busy. Is like, this I don't like know. too busy? Yeah, it's a little bit too busy. It's a little bit too bright, as you mentioned. I, I think this place is too nice. I think we should record in a shithole next season because that's kind of like our vibe. We we sound like a dive bar podcast, but we're in a slightly more classy place. Is what you're saying? I'm saying that either we're bringing this place down or it's just carrying us. Uh, you can't get much divier than two dollar hams. I'm not gonna lie. That's fair. I didn't think about <laughs> so. it that way. By the way, we should mention here. It's fucking sound check. I don't know why I'm making a big deal about this. Um, hams. Well, it's not hams. T-shirt makers won't make our fucking T-shirts because yep. they got the Hams logo, huh? Fixing that problem. Are you? I am on that shit. I'm fixing that shit. Hams uses its $2 per beer fortunes clearly on its vast legal services to keep assholes like us from pirating their oh, content. Oh, that's, that's Miller InBev. Oh, is it? Does that, yeah. I not fucking Hams, follow all that. Man, Hams is actually now owned by Miller InBev, and that's... And yeah. they didn't just kill off the brand like they should have? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Fair. hey, look, the lights went down. It's getting sexy now. Just in time, motherfuckers. From a newly darkened Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Take two, and we're not going to say any darkly controversial things this time. What's going on, man? <laughs> oh, not much. Apparently, I'm saying some really controversial shit off mic, or slightly on mic. Yeah, it was on mic until I fucking <laughs> deleted all those files. Yeah, okay. um, I was gone last week. Obviously. Yeah, and we had uh, we had some we had some technical difficulties, which were exacerbated by the fact that I was at a conference on Thursday and Friday, so I couldn't get to my computer or the computer that I actually record the podcast which is actually not my computer it's my wife's computer because I have a shitty ass Chromebook that doesn't that can't support audacity just the you know inside baseball the software that we use for our to record our our, our awesome awesome fucking podcast <laughs> yes it is <laughs> so so anyways I thought I, re- I thought I had exported everything correctly and I get a text from Martin on like Friday morning saying uh, no actually audio cuts off after 12 minutes so good. I'm glad we've eventually figured it out. I unfucked the audio apparently somehow. Yeah, good job. Which was great. So yeah, how how I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. How, how have you been, man? Man, I'm like the same person as I was a couple of weeks ago, plus or minus like a few major changes. I'm okay. the same person, man. Um, major changes, huh? No. No. I'm at that age where nothing fucking changes at all. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, no, I've, know, I've been. Julia well, comes home. It's like, how was your day? It's like the same fucking day it's always been. Yeah, 
It's weird because I'm older than you, and I feel like I'm not at that stage yet. Oh, God. I crawled into that grave when I was, like, 25. <laughs> well, you also had kids. Oh, man. We, we checked. <laughs> I, so. I swear to God. So you, you, you talk about Anna, like, being on the stick and, like, you know, being organized and stuff. Julia's whole life has boiled down to a series of check marks. She's like, we get married, we get in those kids, we get in that house. I guess it wasn't in that order, but like, she's just checking boxes. And what the problem is that we checked all the boxes before we were thirty, and we don't have any boxes left to check until we're both retired. Okay, that's a long time for no more boxes. That is, a, that is. A, I mean, maybe we could create some some boxes for the podcast. You know, like a actual uh, sponsor. Yeah, that'd you know, be like, I go from having kids to getting fucking Sbarro to sponsor this podcast. That's you know, a step down. Well, you I know, think. whatever. Sbarro, Little Caesars, we Pizza get a Luce. I don't really get care. Get a competition whomever. going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. What uh, about you? What have you done in the last couple of weeks? Uh, well, yeah. I don't know. We bought that house, so we're that's that's the thing that's gonna be happening. You guys soon, moved in yet? Which is also no, we have not. We closed closed in early November. Um, which is uh, super exciting, but also fucking terrifying. So, yeah, I mean, there's that. It's pretty much about it, man. God, oh, we just is, this is good banter. By yeah, the way. no, no. Uh, so, my organization is is launching a, a, a really awesome program tomorrow, which I can't actually talk about because we want to make sure it doesn't get fucked Ooh. up. Uh, but so I've been writing. I've been literally like I spent almost most of my evening writing press releases and like compiling uh, press release information for you know for a nonprofit. so that was cool good on you yeah it's you know it's what I do now my, I do my organization puts out some press releases also they do quite a few I, yeah I don't necessarily like reading them since I still bank with you guys for hey. some reason so hey. you're gonna bank with us longer than you even know man mm. Let's. Uh, I just figured out I've been banking with uh, with the aforementioned uh, firm for like twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. Jesus Christ! How yeah. old are you? I don't. Yeah, I'm very fucking old. You fucking have a kid's checking account there or something? <laughs> no, you're a grown man. I point. know. I my first. I my, got my first job when I was fifteen years old. That Good was like you. my first. My first checking account. Was that? If, if, I wish I wish the, the bank listeners that shall could not see the named. pride in his eyes right now. Actually, my first job was when I was fourteen, but my first actual like regular job was when I was fifteen. What was your first job like under the table shit when you were fourteen? Yeah, it was yeah, it was it was uh, jerking kids off under the table. Under the table. Fifteen dollars a man. Yeah, fourteen. You know, fifteen bucks a pop when you're fourteen years old. You get a lot of pops. A lot of pops. Uh, this is this, rem- this is not my joke, but it's a it's a joke, and, and I'll I'll throw it out here. By the way, the intro of this podcast is ten minutes long. Um, <laughs> so uh, I remember uh, there's a guy that I knew back when we were younger, uh, back in college days actually, and money was pretty tight, and uh, I roomed with him for two years. And uh, one day he came home. He said he's sick of it. We shared a really small apartment. He said, you know what? Honestly, I'm done with this. I need money. I'm going to become a prostitute. I'm going to become a male prostitute. Like, what the hell are you talking? And I said, I, look, we need money. I'm doing this. I'm gonna, and I said, you're not even gay. And he's like, look, it doesn't matter. Goes out, comes back the next day, next morning. I wake up, roll out of bed, and he says, guess what? I'm taking us to breakfast. Nice breakfast anywhere you want to go. I'm sitting here on $450.05. I said, 
what the hell did you do? He said, I told you I became a male prostitute. I worked all night and I've got $450 and five cents. I want to take you out to a nice breakfast. And I said, well, who on earth gave you five cents? And he said, every one of them. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> whose joke is that so we don't get uh, sued? I don't fucking know. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It was a Sabaro joke. All right. Sub- sub- brought to you by Sabaros. <laughs> Sabaros. It is the uh, jerking off of, uh, of pizza. Know, pizza. Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> the hand job of pizza. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about that Galaxy that hand, game instead. The right? hand job of pizza. That's pretty much about right. Yeah, let's, let's, can we not talk about this game at all? Please? No, we got to touch on it. All right. All right, Fuck so, you. Uh, best moment of the game. No, nothing. Absolutely fucking nothing. Wow, you are just going to dive away nope. from this one. Nope. Okay. I refuse so. to engage with something as fucking terrible as what happened on Sunday. It was it was pretty ugly. So um, if I had to pick out positive things, I'll say I think largely Finley was okay. I uh, had a great through ball to Christian there that was just cut out at the last minute by uh, LA defense. So that, you know, that was a good moment. Uh, we did have a couple cool. of shots on net too. Obviously, they were straight at Diop, but um, cool. You know, we got those opportunities. Um, I thought Abu Dunladi looked busy; he just wasn't effective enough. So, I mean, it, it, you know, I'm looking for bright spots. Cool. Could you at least igni- like fucking show me the respect of like me trying to work through this positivity? No, Even I think if you don't like it, I think it's disrespect cool. Disrespect the team. No fucking. I think it, I think me. it's cool that you are trying to find positivity. Yeah, you sound like it. And what it right? was it abject fucking abysmal performance of the, of the team potentially rivaling that midweek 0-0 Houston Dynamo draw where we abs- yeah it was like a time suck and a brain suck and a fuck suck of a game fuck suck brought to you yeah. by Sabaro sorry uh, <laughs> so why don't you tell us what was your worst moment of the game oh god Jonathan fucking DeSantos I think so we are literally the only team in MLS that both DeSantos brothers have scored against. Well, you got to be known for something. Yeah. I guess the DeSantos brothers need a claim to fame other than being completely fucking terrible on the field together. Um, and if of your course, team has, if your team has two Dos Santoses, shouldn't it be called like the Cuatro Quatro, Santos? The, yeah, quat- Qua- the Quad Santos. Yeah, Cuatros. 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 That's their new name. That's we probably Quantros, yeah. That was fucking terrible, that goal. Mostly because we all watched it. We all watched it hit the, the top of the crossbar and come down and clearly hit inside of the line and then bounce out. And everybody that was watching at the watch party at the Dubliner knew it was a goal, but they didn't call it a goal. So we're like, oh, maybe they were not going to call it. And then they did the fucking VAR. And I was like, oh, of course. No. Of fucking course. When has has VAR helped Minnesota at all this year? I don't think it has once this year. And not that this, you know, this was clearly it was clearly a goal, and it should have been a goal from the get go. Right, have right. VAR, but seriously, that was but the worst. We, fucking we've we've of the been game. on the wrong side of the bell curve on this, right? Every single uh, time, I think. Let's uh, so if we, if our listeners, if you can remember an instance where Minnesota benefited from a VAR call, uh, tweet at us or whatever, because uh, I don't think either of us can remember. I think it, we have. I don't. Now. I'm pretty sure we had not have. We've never once benefited. Anyways. More importantly than the VAR, it was fucking Jonathan DeSantos scoring a goddamn fucking goal. Just the, goal fa- the fact that it was Jonathan DeSantos? Yeah, yeah. Anybody else. Anybody else I would be fine with. Literally, I'd been fine with the, if the goalkeeper had chipped Shuttleworth. I would have been more <laughs> fine with that than 
Jonathan fucking DeSantos. Well, of course, that, that would be amazing. Scoring a goal that. against us. Okay, so, uh, so what, what about you? What was your worst moment of the game? Um, I'm trying not to pick the obvious ones. Obviously, that, that, that goal was a, a heartbreaker, and I'll talk about it in a minute. But uh, I'll give something less flashy. Um, honestly, I was a little – it was hard to watch uh, what happened early because uh, L.A. would go on the break, and Minnesota not only would transition slowly, but they wouldn't even notice – that they needed to be transitioning. I mean, so they started late and then they moved slow. No urgency to that. And I think, unfortunately, Jerome Thiessen, whom I loved, embodied that. There was a moment where he continued to press up high and he's chasing the ball when clearly there's guys streaking down the field. He has no idea. He's the guy that needs to get, he needs to be a right back again. And there's nobody there to be the right back. They found the obvious acres of space. And I don't, I don't even think that turned into a goal, but um, it's the kind of thing that's the behaviors that add up to wins and losses whether it cuts cuts into a goal or not so um that that tactically was really frustrating because it's 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 uh third grade stuff you know tough to watch agreed so uh in a game with so many bad moments what was your most what the fuck moment um that, well that first goal that was completely on molino uh he had literally no reason to like push DeSantos down and this is Gio DeSantos, not the not the other DeSantos. Uh, and so my question, and I literally said this as we're watching the game. We're at the Dubliner, about 40 other Dark Clouds. I was like, I yelled out, what in the actual fuck is he doing? Molino pushed the guys down, push him, pushes DeSantos down. DeSantos gets up, does a quick restart to uh, and passes the ball to Alessandre, Alessandrini. Molino doing nothing to Molino respond. Molino just standing there like, oh, but, but like both, both to the quick start and to once the ball got yeah, out of well, the quick no, start. No, pushing down, like, literally, like, you, there was everybody was behind you. Like, why in the fuck are you, are you even doing that? Like, what the fuck are you even thinking of doing there? And then, then he just sort of stands there, and then they have the quick start. And Alessandrini has, he, he literally, the only thing he has is a left foot. A left fucking foot. That's all he has. And what does, what do Birch, what do Cavo do? They put him on his left foot. And you know what happens? He fucking scores the goal. Easily. He's got a good Easily. left foot, too. That was, that was in the 14th minute. So this was, like I think, I believe the 15th game. So almost half of the games that Minnesota United has played, we've allowed at least one goal in the first 20 minutes. That's, 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 that's not good. That is it's good analysis. That's fucking it terrible. It's uh, it's been a hill that's uh, been tough to climb, and in, in, in one, it may, obviously, it's probably obvious to most people listening to this, but it's it's more than just the fact that you get a goal. It changes the play style. It causes you as an offense then to to stretch does your it, game. To for rush. Adrian Heath, does it? I don't know about I th- that. I, I think the players even themselves understand it, and you, it, ideally, you play with some urgency then, but also you end up getting stretched. You leave holes in behind and stuff. It changes your play style, and uh, that's tough to come back from a lot of times. I don't know about that, but... I'm a, well, you're not always right. Uh, my most what-the-fuck moment was probably the, um, the the VAR goal. Not because they got it wrong, because uh, it was it was a goal. I, I don't think there's any doubt it was a goal. But that um, what happened was they, they, they stopped it for VAR review, but the referee didn't even actually review it. The, the actual head referee took the word of the fifth official that's saying, hey, this looked like a goal, and he says, all right, sounds good. Now... That is within the law of the game with VAR implemented and stuff. And the fifth official could have been like, yeah, totally. But if I'm the head referee, I, we stopped the play for this. I'm going to go take a peek. I'm, I'm going to get my head <laughs> under the hood and actually take a look at it. 
I was really surprised that he chose to just say, man, I'll take your word for it. It's kind of a weird referee move to me. Well, it's your job to control control those calls and the aspect of the game wherever you can, and you have an opportunity to do it, and you opted not to. That that, that sort of dovetails nicely into the uh, official scorecard because yeah, well, yeah. I thought it was the referee was the, the refereeing in this game generally was fucking dumb, and I'll I'll let you spot it a little bit more because you you are a little more eloquent than I was. So <laughs> why don't you well, don't, why don't you take this one? Well, I, I think we, I think we both agree it was terrible. Yeah, I, I don't have too much to say about it. So so the VAR choice was weird. It's not that they got the call wrong; it's that they got to the right call the wrong way. I think if you're gonna stop for VAR, the head official has to take a look. There's no reason not to really. Um, it, basically, two people agree it's right. Fine, it's right. Make the turn. Um, the other the other thing I'd say is I, I didn't have a clear sense of what was a foul in this game. Um, there were a couple like, Jermaine Jones tackles that were pretty egregious. That oh, there are always Jermaine Jones well, tackles that are fucking that's, egregious. That's but the thing, like they were egregious, and normally Jermaine Jones at least gets whistled for them. He wasn't even getting whistled for them. Like he it was, was just, yeah. he was like taking fuckers out and not even getting whistled. Like at least sometimes you, normally you get a whistle. And like okay, maybe take a take a step back, Jermaine. He wasn't even. Get, I don't think Jermaine Jones was even anywhere close to accumulating a yellow card, which is what Jermaine Jones is typically known for, is right. he will do enough shit where he accumulates per, a yellow card. Per, yeah, I persistent would, infringement. I don't even yellow. think he was a, close to accumulating a yellow card with this referee, which that is fucking mind-blowing to me. Yeah, uh, it's, uh I don't know what was a foul out there. I give him a D. Uh, he was one step above the NWSL championship uh, referee who got <laughs> oh, a straight F this week. We should week. talk about that game, too. Cause yeah, we could throw it in the news. Yeah, or fucking like Portland that. Timber. Portland uh, uh, Thorns. Thorns, yeah. Yeah. Timbers.com slash thorns. Timbers, is it really? Yep. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yep. It's fucking terrible. Anyways. All right, moving along. Uh, so, uh, next Freddie Adu for the star of the game. Who do you got? Well, because I always want to pick someone from Minnesota. Ibsen was okay. That's it. That's all I got. Nothing to Ibsen add. was okay. Talk about what, the, what that means, what that looks like. Ibsen did not play terribly. I think given the switch in formation halfway through the game and do you have any opinion on the 442 oh we'll get to that in a sec oh yeah please sorry yeah um we'll get to that in a sec given like what ibsen was basically asked to do he played as best as he possibly could um there was we never we never actually truly threatened in this game at all and i don't i don't put that on ibsen i put that on uh, a lot of other players, I put that a lot on our um, on our defense, uh, and a lot on uh, the way that Adrian Heath managed this game. So, okay. um, for for me, so I, I I usually don't feel incumbent upon me to choose somebody from the Loons. I'm gonna so, I'm gonna second your your thing here. So right. So so Alessandrini obviously is the star of the game, goal and an assist, and obviously he looks like I mean, it's not even just uh, counting stats. He looks like the class. Of two the goals. Team out two, there. Goal, two goals. Uh, no, you said Jonathan Dos Santos had one. He he got the assist on the Dos Santos. Yeah, Alessandri Alessandrini got like the goal in the ninety third minute, at, like the last strike of the game. Did oh, you not? Shit. Yeah, did yeah. You not watch no, the end of the game. Oh yeah, I forgot to watch. <laughs> I forgot to watch the whole game. Yeah, no, got, you're, you're right. Sorry about <laughs> he, that. Yeah, he had two goals and an assist. Yeah, so, so yeah, ob <laughs> so, obviously, and, and again, ob like yeah. I said, it's not and just been, counting stats. And you can see his quality. Yeah, and he's he's been the best player all year for that match. Uh, absolutely. So. Yeah. So if I, if I got to give it to Loon, I'm going to give it to Dunlady. The reason I'm going to give it to Dunlady, not like he played a perfect game or anything, but I think he uh, in that in that dreadful first half, he showed urgency that nobody else was showing. 
Um, I, I think he was trying. I think he wasn't uh, always effective, but he was getting in after the ball in deep spaces. Um, and, and so I'll, I'll give him that A for effort. You know, um, wasn't enough, but but thank you, Dunlady, for at least sweating that first half. My take. So okay. f- next, Freddie, I do award for the shittiest player of the game. Who do you got? So originally I had Molino, just because of the fact that he was clearly at fault for the first goal. Uh, the fact that he. Couldn't even stay on the pitch for more than 45 minutes as he was subbed off at halftime. Not a good sign. Um, I thought about Birch and Boxel because they just got worked by Alessandrini multiple times. Yep. But then, and then I thought about it a little bit more. And I was like, and you know, I've, I've given this award to this guy before. I got to give it to Adrian Heath. Adrian Heath completely fucked up this game. Like, no questions. If Molino, who's Heath's guy, why was why was Molino subbed off at the half? At the half, um, let's think about some things here. Molino was suspended for that debacle of a U.S. Men's National Team game against Trinidad and Tobago on Tuesday. Why the fuck did like? And he was suspended because of yellow cards from the game on Friday. Why the fuck was Molino not with the team? On Saturday or Sunday or Monday, Molino flew into LA on Friday, and Adrian Heath continues to have this really slapdash uh, display of, or you know, of, of suspension of, of, of rules and, and what he like. He hates fucking Miguel Ibarra and Brent Coleman for some reason, and doesn't play them. But you, Johan Venegas. Kevin Molino gets to do whatever the fuck they want to do. And well, on at least top Venegas has played his way off the pitch. Well, that's later, fine. So that's good. But Molino has but Molino does the same thing. And it you know, he was but he was doing it with Johan Venegas early in the season. Yeah. Um I, I just I don't understand. Like he's applying different rules to different fucking uh, people. And Keith started this game in a four three three, which has been the, 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 no, it was a four-three-three. The formation we started in was a four-three-three. Okay, and that formation is what is what we just get railed on every single time we play it. Every single fucking time he switched to a four-four-two when he switched off Molino and put Finlay in the ten and had more of a diamond midfield. That is when he switched to a four-four-two. Okay. The game started off as a four-three-three, and so. It, uh, clearly, and again, going back to what I said earlier, in that we gave up a goal in the in the first 20 minutes for the 15th game this year. That's almost half of our fucking games. We've given up a goal in the first 20 minutes. That is unacceptable. That's I mean, and you can say, well, it's on the players. Well, clearly, you know, if it was like one or two games, I'd say, okay, maybe it's on the players for not being ready. 15 fucking games, half your fucking season, that's on the goddamn manager for not getting these guys ready or not putting these guys in the best positions that they possibly can be in to start a game. And I I don't think the blame is completely on Heath for this because clearly, you know, the guys are not performing well for the first 20 minutes. I don't know why that is, but I think a huge chunk of that needs to be on Adrian Heath because 
that shouldn't happen. It doesn't happen for most, almost any, every other team doesn't right. give up goals this early, this often. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and those coaches survive. Right. So, right. I mean, I don't know. It's 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 fucking it's fucking frustrating that I have to watch this goddamn team every fucking week or every other week and do the do the same do the thing. exact goddamn yeah same goddamn thing. And he doesn't seem to learn from it. And clearly Molina was not in shape or ready to play. Cause he came off at 45 minutes. So why the fuck was he in the in the goddamn starting lineup? Right. Like, that is... And I know he's not getting fired. Uh, clearly, he's not getting fired after this year. He's, he's going to get at least another six months or whatever, halfway through next year. But there should be very serious fucking considerations and discussions about what he's actually bringing to this to this roster and what he's actually bringing to this team because I don't know. I do not fucking know. So I, I think the <clears throat> the decision to switch formations uh, at this point in the season is not bad in of itself. I, I think I think it was the wrong formation. Uh, obviously, the way the results played out shows the wrong formation, but I, I don't fully um, blame anybody for experimenting with it because we got nothing to play for except for next season, and it, it's interesting to see the different ways that your different pieces fit together. So I can I can extend the rope that far. I don't have an answer for the Molino thing. I think that that is baffling. Um, uh, other other decisions I've told you you know offline or off mic. Uh, you know Heath has done other things that have been baffling to me. I do agree he's not going to get fired, but I, I also think we know that with the front office changes that there've been, Chris Wright coming in, I think there's an un, uh, uncertain future for um, Nick. I think that can create a domino effect about what's happening in yeah. general behind there I and I really believe that part of that will probably be reviewing everything top to bottom including Heath's performance and God, his, hope so. whether he's the right guy I think it's only natural when you see a cultural shift that takes place with major changes in an organization it's it's almost destined to happen now will anything come of that right away I have no idea but well, that's we, the kind of stuff that often one, happens one of the one of the best parts of that Atlanta game was like sliding the Ibsen uh, Ibsen into like the number 10 role like in more of a diamond and he was able to create and honestly I mean, to your points earlier in the in the podcast, Finlay was able to create some shit from that ten, like from that ten roll. And Molino is not a goddamn number ten. Mm-hmm. And the sooner that Adrian Heath can fucking forget that he ever played Molino as a number ten, the better, because that will help maybe save his goddamn job. Mm-hmm. Because he's has, he has he doesn't have great options on the roster as it's currently constructed, but he has better options than Molino as that ten. Let me let me pitch you a weird idea: a four-one-four-one. Okay. The, the defensive midfielder is obviously Cronin or the Cronin fill-in of the day. Uh, the four running across would be Miguel on the left. Um, it would be uh, F- uh, Ibsen, obviously, in one of the middle roles. Finley occupying the right side middle role, and then Molino out there as a winger. So there's not necessarily a number 10, but we have the potential for some play. Ibsen gets a little bit more advanced. Um, you bring uh, Finley still in on the right, but a little bit more centrally, and you kick Molino yeah. back in the wing. Yeah, anything but with that he plays that four three three that four three three yeah, that we is don't, we don't absolutely have the players for fucking a four, three, three. murdered them all yep. year. Anything yep. a four one four one uh, uh, a four you know uh, I said that you know the four four two like a, the diamond the diamond four four two any, yeah, yeah just literally anything a three five two a, you know five three two anything but oh what, yeah we know what three, Heath five, is two. Heath is insistent on playing that four three three and if he the front office and Chris Wright and Manny and Amos cannot 
like drill into his head that he cannot play that goddamn formation anymore, then if they don't fire him, that's on them because we do not have the roster or the personnel to play that that formation. As much as that's his his favorite formation, I could give two fucking shits. We do not have the players to play that formation as the roster is currently constructed. Now, if they want to go out and, and spend some money and buy some players, and, and apparently Tam's going up, so you can buy three more Vadim Demodovs, you know. <laughs> uh, maybe we can do that. But as the roster is currently constructed, we do not have these fucking players to play this uh, formation. And I would be very reticent to trust Heath's judgment on whether we have the players to play this roster. I don't think, based on the players that Manny and Amos have brought in, that they're bringing in players to play that formation either, which is a whole other fucking issue that we've never we, that we don't we haven't really talked about. I think that's an off-season podcast. It's a Jesus Christ the tactics. Like, podcast. I think the tactics are are just not they're not meshing well in terms of like the players that Amos and Manny want to bring in versus the players that Adrian Heath wants to play. So sorry, I didn't mean oh, to the, hijack for a 15 minute. No, no man, I, that's <laughs> that's a great discussion. Uh, so. Who we, is, we, who is your shittiest player of the game? Well, you know, I'll be super brief. I, I'll, I'll, th- I'll throw it Birch's way. Um, okay. if, That's if, fair. If you were he able did to get hear the, If you were able to hear the uh, audio, because I know you're at the watch party and stuff, Siggy Schmidt literally said at the halftime little interview they do on the sideline, he said that the goal coming into the game was to work Birch on his side because he didn't think Birch had the pace to handle him. And he was dead on accurate. Absolutely I mean, correct. exactly what happened. And um, so, so he did get worked, yeah. and everything happened exactly according to plan. And so, uh, I don't know what is the balance of combination between Birch's age and his talent and his recovery from injury, but he didn't have it, and it was a bad day to not have it there. Let's uh, let's move on to other United news. Perfect. Hey, uh, by the way, before we do, I just pr- for for our listeners, I think part of our goal we're still ironing out what the uh, off season is going to look like. Obviously, we mostly cover United, so what do we do in the off season? I think we're going to have probably a, a series of more um, theme-oriented episodes. There could be the tactics episode. You know, yeah. there could be the Heath out debate episode. You know, I, so I think those would be really great ways to spend the off season. We got to plan a little bit more, but let's take that discussion we just had and carry it there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you have any thoughts about what you want to hear from us or tactical suggestions, we'll yeah, talk about it. Yeah, like seriously, hit us up. Uh, again, you know, always hit us up on Twitter at TDIKMN or the Dave's I Know MN at gmail.com uh, is our uh, email address. So some United News, and actually this is this leads in, this is a very good segue. We did this well, didn't we? Into uh, Fucking professional what's going to happen here. here. So the Dark Clouds, uh, which uh, Dave, Martin, and I are both members of, we're having our kick-ass end-of-the-year party. Um, just so you know, if you if you want to actually come hang out with uh, me, for sure, I don't know if you're going to be at the watch party on Sunday. Uh, we're doing the Dark Clouds last watch party is on Sunday. Uh, it's at New Bohemian Uptown. Um, we'll be there. There's going to be a bunch of uh, Dark Clouds there, a bunch of like uh, merch giveaways, things like that. It should be a fun time. They do, like I don't know if you've ever been to New Bohemia, but they have a really kick-ass happy hour, um, which will be – it's goes all day on Sundays. Uh, the guy who runs that new Bohemia is the San Jose Earthquakes fan. So it's a very important game for him. So oh, it's, right. it's a very important game for the Earthquakes. Right. Uh, so that should be really fun. But on that same note, uh, next Tuesday, the 24th of uh, October at 7 p.m. Uh, at Lake Monster, the Dark Clouds end of the year party is happening. Uh, the silent auction, uh, all the proceeds of which benefit the Sauna Foundation, goes from 7 to 9 the party goes from you know seven or before seven actually probably probably start showing up around six six thirty till about ten. 
Uh, there'll be $4 loggers and $4 IPAs from Lake Monster. Uh, a really kick-ass silent auction uh, from 7 to 9. Uh, some of the things that are going to be at that auction, uh, there's going to be a, a one limited edition Fist of the North Stars poster, um, which is framed. I've seen this thing. Uh, it's pretty it's fucking quite awesome. Nice. It's very cool. Uh, th- you can also bid on a becoming a guest on this very podcast, as well as a couple other uh, Minnesota United specific podcasts. Uh, Lake Monsters offering a brewery tour with some growlers as a as a prize. Other cool shit. There's gonna be some uh, Minnesota United merchandise. Uh, I've heard some Carl Craig specific merchandise oh my will be God. in the mix. We are hoping and think that we'll get some players and some uh, executives from the team that will be there. So that's happening on the 24th of October, uh, next Tuesday at 7 p.m. at Lake Monster uh, Brewery in St. Paul. So definitely check out the Dark Clouds website uh, for any further information. You can also see there's actually a post that has uh, all of the uh, kick-ass silent auction items. I've contributed about it through my contacts about like three-fourths of the items so that's awesome man very cool stuff very cool stuff so that's cool so come come to that next tuesday hang out with the daves we'll be there at least i will be there for sure uh yeah so let's barrel through all this other news so minnesota united is uh 10th it will be 10th in attendance uh home attendance with an average of twenty thousand five hundred and thirty-eight. i got that because of the columbus crew news which is Kind of shitty. Do we want but to talk about that? Or not? I don't really want to talk about that because okay. fuck the crew. Fuck the crew. That's also a fun attitude. Yeah. Uh, Abu Dunladi is up for rookie of the year. Cool. Ibsen Ramirez <laughs> are up for newcomer of the year. Cool. Uh, Calvo and Brent Coleman, baby boy Brent, are up for defender of the year. Cool. Uh, Shuttleworth is up for goalkeeper of the year. Cool. Ibsen, Ramirez, and Shuttleworth are on the very long list for MVP. I think that long list is like 53 people long right now. Uh, Adrian Heath is on the long list for head coach of the year. Uh, There are 19 coaches on that list. I'm going to give you three guesses on who is not on that list. I suppose people who got fired. uh, Yes, exactly. Precisely. Dom Kinnear is not on that list. Because it's jobless. Yeah, I, lo- yeah. I love that it's 19. Uh, it's nine, that's the Kurt, short list. Kurt Unfollow long. is not on that list. Kurt. Uh, yeah, so. Is and Siggy Pablo Schmidt Mastriani on there? is not. Siggy Schmidt is not. So if you if you fired your coach, your coach is not on the list for. Even if you hired a good coach. Like, you could argue Mike Pecky could potentially be on that list for coach of the year. Right, Even though he was hired midseason. Well, but he's c- not on that certainly list. over fucking Heath. I mean, he, yeah. t- he took a, he took a team that sucked balls, and he he. I mean, they're one point back right now. Opportunity to go into the playoffs. That's that's something. To yeah, me, but. yeah. He's not on that list. Basically, it's all the coaches. Were you asked that to have vote on the, list? the entire? What's that? As as official members of the media, were you? Uh, we were you asked no, to we contribute? were not. We, I was not. Were you? I missed my invitation. I mean, oh, I must yeah. have gotten lost with my Garber Bucks check each mm. week. I'm going to have to uh, shoot Durkey a message about that. Yeah, I will. Uh, all right. On to actual things we care about. The U13s and U14 teams are heading to Texas this weekend for the Central Conference Showcase, which is actually a really cool thing. They're going to play, like, 
four, like three or four uh, games of 25-minute halves against a bunch of other uh, academy teams. So, like, Sporting Kansas City's team, the Dallas team, uh, a bunch of other teams that they don't normally play because of proximity and, and all that. So it's really cool. So it actually gives them a chance to play other teams who are playing other sort of formations and things like that. That's cool. And they play one big 80-minute game on Sunday uh, with 40-minute halves, which is really cool. So this is a this is a great opportunity for our kids to see, you know, the baby loons to see some other, uh, you know, baby Nickelbacks and baby Burns, baby Nickelbacks and things like that. So you know that should be good. Uh, you want to talk about the NWSL championship quick? Wait, yeah, very quick. I'll, I'll give it 30 seconds. So, NWSL Championship happened last weekend. Uh, it was um, between the Portland Thorns, who, who, by the way, and I can't remember the exact numbers, but uh, the Portland Thorns, their NWSL team, outdraws about half of the NHL teams and about um, half of the like NBA teams. I mean, huge draw, like 15,000 a game. So, um, so they're excellent. They were playing uh, the North Carolina Courage. Uh, they used to be the Western New York Flash last year. They relocated that franchise, although they will tell you it is a reborn franchise. It's a new franchise. Um, really, it's the same players. It's a lot of the same infrastructure. Moved down to North Carolina, uh, aligned with the you know the once the once Railhawks. Um, these were the two teams that were the best over the course of the entire season. Uh, we got the Shield winner and then the runner-up for the Shield. Um, looked good in the playoffs, and so here you go thinking this is going to be an awesome game. This game motherfucking sucked. This game was a poor testament to what NWSL is and can be and should be regarded as. Uh, I could say so many things about it, but first of all, they played it at a neutral location. They played it in Orlando. NWSL is not at a point where it's drawing random neutral fans, really. Um, so there were about the announced attendance was like around the 8,000, uh, and. I don't know where those 8,000 were sitting because that place looked dead. I don't think you can have a championship for a league like the NWSL in a neutral location. Stick it in Portland. Stick it in North Carolina. There's going to be fans there, and the atmosphere is going to be into it. But they didn't have that. Uh, So the game itself was abhorrent. Um, The Thorns played like absolute thugs. The Thorns were like my wife playing FIFA 18. The only button she knows how to use there is the slide tackle button. <laughs> it was just it was just ankle breaker after ankle breaker. Uh, North Carolina had to make two subs in the first half due to injury, so they were playing uh, uphill all fucking game. No goals in this one until late. North Carolina got in on the shenanigans because the only way to fight fire sometimes is with fire. Referee let all this shit happen. It was the referee n- had a terrible fucking game. Terrible, terrible. Uh, yeah. it, not only was it inconsistent, you know, st- stuff wasn't being called, and that's how you gain control of a game like that. But stuff wasn't being called, but then it was being called it um, uh, inconsistently and stuff. It was sh- it was shit from top to bottom. Very hard to watch, and it was hard for somebody like me who follows NWSL closely ish to um, have its biggest showcase. A lot of people, their first, maybe their only uh, opportunity to see it and say, what's this all about? To see that and say, yeah. oh, yeah, you know what I thought about how women's sports suck? That was a women's game that sucked. There was there was actually, a, a, I was, you know, following on Twitter, Ann and I were watching at home, and there was a, a lot of, I was like, like just, I have a, I normally don't watch, I don't normally look at Twitter while I'm watching soccer because I just can't fucking deal with it, especially since I use, like, I steal cable from my aunt or my mom, <laughs> um, depending on who I need to watch. Right. Uh and so it's like so I'm behind always, but you, you're so you're seeing the, the things come in, and it's just like everybody, people like people I never known to watch women's soccer were watching, and I was like, this is awesome. 
Like, I've watched a few games on Lifetime. I, I'm really, I'm fucking glad that they're on Lifetime. Yeah, and that's that there's huge actually deal like, this year. Yeah, they're getting some, some exposure, which is amazing. And, you know, I don't know. Mostly I, I was uh, cheering for the Thorns because you were cheering for the Courage. and Fuck so. You. Uh, but even I was just like, holy shit, that was a it terrible was a bad game. It was not a good uh, indicator of soccer in this country. No. Um, and women's soccer generally along around the world because there are it's not just Americans playing on either of those teams, you know. It's, no, not at all. It, there's you know people from all over the world, so. No, hard um, to watch. I want I want to step back to what you said about the so the NWSL like just recently within the last like two years changed it to have destination finals i don't remember when they made that change it was a couple years ago because okay. last year was the first year that they had a destination final and it was in houston sure uh and then this year was in orlando and i i guess i don't understand the decision to do that mostly because like even the mls moved away from destination finals several years ago because they realized it was not a good idea to have, even even if it will give the the home team a, a more of a of a boost theoretically, that it was a, probably a bad idea to like have a, a half empty stadium, yeah, which is what I mean Orlando, which is a gorgeous looking stadium, but it was like you know as you said empty. like a quarter full, maybe mm-hmm. a third full. I mean the the support sections look really fucking awesome yep. at the end of the stadium. Yep. But and that was about it. Yeah. But yeah, they're, and they were right next to each other, on at the same end of the stadium. So what the yeah. fuck was that about? Why not put them? I, I have no idea what is so. the logistics going into that. Yeah. Um. And, and some some financial expert will tell you that there's a good reason why. And you know, I'm sure people want to plan and they want to say, you know, I'm part of the media. I want to know a month in advance so I can get it all planned out instead of knowing, you know, the weekend before. I get those arguments, but if you're still at a place where you're trying to market your league, market yourself as a product, which is exactly what it is, you got to put your best foot forward, and your best foot forward is your fan support. You know, if this game would have been in Portland and people tuned in and they saw Portland, they're like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" There's 20,000 people in the stands, and they're louder than any fucking, t- you know, my local NHL team, my local NBA team. What the hell is this all about? Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry, fair home field advantage or not, I. You can't pass up that opportunity. I, I saw I saw the Riveters at that game. They had a you, ton of training. You don't think support. they you don't think they would have gone just up to Carolina? Instead? Right, right, yeah, yeah. No, they. <laughs> you know, like they, and those ladies will find a way. There was a couple thousand people in there, and like banging those drums, like that's fucking amazing. Yep. You don't think they would have gone to North Carolina to watch to to, to play that game? And granted, right. yeah, there may have been a lot more, but I mean, apparently, from my understanding, like. I don't know if I listen to the Mix Zone podcast, which is uh, Jen Cooper. This is the only it, podcast I listen to. Okay, that's fair. Uh, so the Mix Zone podcast, which is on the Howler uh, podcast network, it's uh, hosted by Jen Cooper, um, and it's, it's, it's literally it's a women's soccer podcast. It's it's amazing. It just talks about women's soccer. It's awesome. They do a lot of NWSL coverage, uh, and you know they talked about like, well, you know, if you're if you're gonna have a neutral site, you know, and you announce the thing in in uh, April, maybe don't wait to put the tickets on sale till August, you know, like, and like for, I know uh, she mentioned in that podcast last year that as part of the Houston season ticket package, like the the ticket for the game, like the championship game was part of your ticket package. Right. Regardless of who goes. Yeah. Regardless of who goes. And, you know, I don't know if Orlando did the same thing this year. I mean, if 
if you're gonna do a neutral site, you that needs to be a thing. You need to have, mm-hmm. that needs to be a huge, you know, prerequisite of it. But I, yeah. I don't know. It's just I'm with, I'm with you. I'd I'd rather see a, a you know you know hosted site based yep. on who was the highest seed. So yep, exactly. Well, we talked a lot about NWCL. Let's let's talk about the upcoming upcoming game against the Quakes. It's mm. relatively meaningless to us, but it's not to the Quakes. So that no. there's, there's all to play for. So I want you to remind me here and remind our, our fans. So this is this is the lay of the land. Basically, we're playing the Quakes. Last game of the year. It's yeah. decision day. Um, in the Western Conference, there's only one playoff spot yet to be grabbed. That sixth seed. San Jose Earthquakes currently occupies it. They're on 43 points. Yes. They FC Dallas also has 43 points. But the Quakes control their destiny because they have more wins than FC Dallas, even R- though they have a ridiculous goal differential. Right, and so that's the point I went away. So, so, so really quickly, though, so yes, FC Dallas is tied on points, but behind on wins. That is the tiebreaker. Yep. So FC Dallas the is first tie looking in. So Real Salt Lake is only one point off the pace at 42. Um they do also have as many wins as San Jose. So Real Salt Lake has a path in, but Dallas is going to have to slip, and San Jose is going to have to slip. So, yeah, so, so three, three teams up So San Jose controls their destiny. If yes. they win, if they win they're there's in. Nothing to get if they win, they're in. Uh, if they draw, then you know it kind of depends on what happens with other teams. Um, but, yeah, they win, they're in. So you got to believe that the Quakes are going to be giving it their all. Um, RSL, yeah, Dallas – has probably the easiest path in if they if the Quakes lose for some reason to Minnesota, RSL needs both the Quakes to lose or draw, or no Quakes to lose, Dallas to lose or draw, and then RSL needs to win or for them to get into the playoffs. It's, right, so. it's, it's hard to it's hard to talk yeah. through all the scenarios uh, on audio, you know. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I'm gonna pull out of this is that it is totally ridiculous that San Jose is sitting above the line on a negative 22 goal differential. I will remind you know you what? That it's the same goal differential as are you you just say Minnesota I was United? going okay. yes. They yeah. have the same goal differential as Minnesota United and that's not the tiebreaker that's yeah. going to get them in or out of the playoffs. I I, uh, I posted this in the who sucks part. Maybe we should talk about this game generally. Yeah, we let's, don't get, like let's get in there. If San Jose makes the playoffs, I think and I'm not going to do any fucking research on this because this is a podcast and <laughs> Whatever. I don't fucking care about research. I think I know what you're going to say. It is easily the largest goal differential for a playoff team in this new MLS iteration. Well, it's it's in a it's it's a staggering goal differential. Yeah. You are for any make the team playoffs. even at the bottom of the table, it's a huge goal yeah. differential. And you have a negative 22 goal differential. How f- I mean, if they beat Minnesota and make the playoffs, I guess theoretically they could tie Minnesota. And then Dallas and, and RSL lose when they're in the playoffs anyway. So I guess technically they could be ne- – so they might maybe negative 21 or negative 20 or whatever. But that's still fucking bonkers that a team with a goal differential in the in the negative 20s might make the goddamn playoffs. be interesting, uh, again, from a mathematical standpoint to say, is San Jose the worst playoff team in MLS history? Uh, they got 12 yeah. wins. yeah. 12 wins. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, as I said, they, they control their own destiny. Uh, and that's mostly because Dallas is just a complete fucking shit show. Yeah, the fact that da- the fact that Dallas is on the outside looking in at this point the fact is that we have the its same own number, bit of staggering. We have the same number of wins as Dallas. That So that is like you the biggest thing. You remember what we were saying about Dallas in May? Yeah, I know. 
This is a shield contender. I mentioned it to I mentioned it to Luke last week is that we have the same number of wins as Dallas. We're only two wins behind San Jose. A playoff team. Minnesota. Yeah. A playoff team. Or a potential playoff team. Mm -hmm. If we just did not lose as much, if we just <laughs> scored a couple more yeah. goals, you know, well. it, it's it's kind of bonkers to, to, to think that like well, that we can think of a couple of games that easily could have gone the other yeah. way you know a ball the, two inches the in or two san jose wide, game right? earlier this year the la game earlier this year at home way out we win we win both those games we're in this we're in this playoff contention mm, that's, that's pretty wild that's kind of the bonkers thing about the western conference maybe it's the western conference sucks ass um, oh it does yes there's no doubt yeah. about that so i mean again in terms of players that we should be looking for on the san jose side i mean Obviously, Chris Wondolowski uh, is a shit national Still team player. Alive. However, he remains a good uh, MLS player. Uh, He's which, only 34. Which I, which I guess is kind of the point. He's a shit national team player, but a really good MLS player. <laughs> so <laughs> He's only 34 years old. Yeah, that's Doesn't good. he seem like he should be much older than that? I didn't realize Chris Wondolowski is younger than I am. I Yes. I. What does that make you feel like? Uh, like a human piece of garbage. I don't oh, know. okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing that um, so the earthquakes got rid of their I've got got rid of Dom Dom Kinnear uh, midseason. Uh, they promoted the uh, Chris Leitch, who's had never managed before, uh, and he did some kind of weird shit with their team for a while. Uh, he was actually running a three-five-two for quite some time. He's actually reverted back more to the four-four-two that uh, that Kinnear was playing, um, and. That has actually stabilized this team. This is why this team, like, in spite of not really winning, they they draw a bunch. But they're watching FC Dallas like just catapult down the table. Right. Uh, this is why they ha why he, they have the team like in contention for a playoff. Yeah. Um, and Florian Youngworth is actually not a terrible. That was player, that so. was the person I was going to talk <laughs> so, about. Uh, Florian Youngworth. Go, go, it, go it, for it. It's really tough to get a hold of center backs. Talented center backs in the United States, frankly, it's uh, fullbacks you can get. Fullbacks, you can get an athletic guy who can do the overlapping thing and you can find value in him. Um, really hard to get strong center backs. And Florian Jungwirth is one of MLS's best best center backs. And he's even got, I think, a goal or two to his name this year. You know? One against Minnesota, actually. Oh, yeah, no scored, wonder I remember that. He scored that. the goal yeah. against Minnesota. I knew I knew that. <laughs> um, so so he's, a, he's a guy to watch out for. And now, it's not like you know you don't change your tactics because of that necessarily. You no, can't play around a center back. Um, yeah. But you're attacking him the entire time. I wish I could tell you that we could like say, oh, you know, play the other side of the field. But I, I that's that's not how that works. You know, it's it's too muddled in the middle. And Lord knows if we could control our attack that crisply, we'd be doing a lot better than we'd be doing right now. So you know, there's not much that you can do about that. Um, uh, I'm going to throw out uh, Darwin Siren as well. Um, yep. This guy is not about to win a, a, an army of awards, but uh, he's he's making a name for himself right now. Well, both Siren and Godoy have, like, stabilized that midfield. The midfield, yeah. yeah. Those guys are so. central midfielders, and those guys are really important. And stabilized is the right word. That's how you get into a sixth-seed playoff spot. These are sixth-seed playoff spot guys we're talking about. Jungworth is, is a real strong competitor. Yeah. Uh, these other two guys are the kinds of guys you need when you need to grind out some results, and they've done a really yeah. good job of those, that. Yeah, those because guys, those guys are like, they're playing, they're, they're protecting that back line, and then they're able to, like, 
play the ball forward to get it up to the attack. Mm -hmm. Where you more know, of a more of an Ozzy Alonso style. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you can be a crusher as a defensive midfielder, and you can also pass as crisp as anybody. Alonso leads the team uh, every year. He gets playing time in Seattle and passes. I mean, he, he's yeah. he's the activator. Yeah, you can't say the same thing about Cronin. You know, I, li I like Cronin, but he's not Alonso in terms no. of creation ability. He's not Bradley. You can hate Bradley, but he's not fucking Bradley no. in, in that way either. These guys can be. So, so is is there is there a weakness? Is there a place you can you can hit them? Or? Well, I mean, obviously that defense is not great. What are you talking about? They've only allowed. Oh, never mind. <laughs> the, the defense is not great. So. Well, we didn't talk about how poor their offense. So, I mean, you don't get a, a, a staggering goal differential of negative 22. So they've given up what? By being a balanced 58 team. 58 goals. They've, they've, they've let in 58. They've only scored 36. There's only one team in the West that's worse than 36. Let me actually check and see if there's any team worse than that in the East either. Uh, goals for uh, DC United only put in 30. So, yeah, they're, they're third from worst uh, offense in terms of just scoring goals in the league here. Okay. So um, the offense, obviously an opportunity. You talk about Wondolowski. Stands well, up there, so Wando, I think Wando has 12 of those. So Wando has a third of their goal. That's that's common for yeah. for that team. They over rely yeah. on them there. They, and the biggest reason for that is not the central midfield. It's it's the wide spots that they, they can only they can only go up the spine. Um, they're not going to start winning a bunch of headers. This isn't a team that's going to win headers from wide. And so that's their opportunity. They're easier to play against in that way. Yeah. And if you've got their number on the day, they're easier to beat big. So um, for me, for me, it's the wings, and I think hopefully that's an opportunity for for our uh, ostensible wingers to play a little bit more advanced, well, knowing the they can seed ground behind them. Theoretically, if we played a formation that <laughs> allowed for oh, that, of course, that's a caveat. <laughs> I mean, above that's the all whole. That's the whole thing. Is like how, yeah. So I mean, maybe that 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 leads into how should United play San Jose. Clearly, I feel like we've been more right than we've been wrong in terms of like how we think we should play teams and. Our, our gaffer just just completely disregards our uh, super awesome knowledge, which he clearly listens to every week. So, <laughs> so yeah, so you're right. I think yeah, we definitely need to play on the wings. I we should. I mean, why the fuck not run out a four one four one? Why the fuck not like do that diamond again with actual right people in the right spots? Right. It's 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 the last game of the year. It could be the game for us to try because again, you're thinking of next year. You're not thinking maybe of this year. You want to see how your pieces can fit together. Uh, so that could be the formation there. It's really tough for me to say focus just on the wings yeah, because the way our team is built. A, we're not. Gonna, I don't. I don't think we've ever won a header before. One <laughs> all season. Uh, we, we, we basically we don't play well aerially. We don't cross well. And so even if you succeed there, even if the wingers are an opportunity, uh, even the fullbacks are an opportunity. What do you do then? Ours is a team that doesn't quite know what to do then. I'd, I'd love to see them bring it back in slower instead of hitting the cross to work their way back toward the middle, play it more toward the top of the box than trying to hit it right in front of goal. Um, but it's hard for me to tell them to go for the wings either. I think this kind of has the makings of, uh, you know, who wins a, a, an unstoppable force or an immovable object, a, you know, whose weakness is stronger. Theirs. Theirs. There's that sounds like it leads into the score <laughs> predictions. What do you got? So, I mean, honestly, I think we should just go for broke. <laughs> I don't really give two shits about the, the goal record, uh, which is 69, which is nice. 
Or you're talking about us allowing the us, allowing us goals, breaking yeah. the record for most yeah. goals allowed yeah. in MLS season. Yeah. I've, it clearly. So. I thought even last week, like, clearly this should be like Adrian Heath testing out his players for next year, right? We're we're out of the playoffs already. We're officially eliminated. Right. Even though we were officially eliminated two fucking months ago. Um, but we're officially, officially eliminated, eliminated so from like, our hearts. Try out, try out some players. Try out some things. I don't think he's going to do that because I think he's like a, too much of a prideful fucking person. Um <laughs> Which I true. think is probably part of his fucking problem. I'd say, like, fucking damn the torpedoes. Let's go to goal. Brandon Allen. Yeah. I think we lose 6-2. to two. <laughs> San Jose makes the playoffs. We lose 6-2. <laughs> to two. Well, so I do I do have us down for a loss. I have us down for a modest 2-1 to one loss. Um, oh, damn I, the fucking torpedoes. We lose 6-2. Boy, the torpedoes would be fully damned. Yeah. On a sixty-two loss, Good. holy shit balls! Good. All right, so let's. Uh, so that was fun. Let's talk about some other scores, uh, like the ones that happened last week. Here, do you want me to run down these? Um, I can do this. Do it, man. All right. So uh, this is week thirty-three. What happened last week? Uh, Toronto FC beat the Montreal Impact one nothing. We both predicted that one. Luke Craig, for some reason, did not predict. Why on earth Montreal would you Impact. not predict that? Yeah, I think he had some other. I don't know. Whatever. I don't even know. Uh, the Revolution beat NYCFC two to one. Uh, no one predicted that one because we all thought NYCFC was going to lock that one up, but they did yep. not. Uh, the Crew beating Orlando City SC, the few, soon-to-be Austin Crew. Uh, both me and Luke Craig predicted that one. Uh, you did not. You had a really bad week. I had a bad week. Just had a very bad week. Uh, Chicago Fire beat the Philadelphia Union three to two. Uh, both me and Craig predicted that one. Red Bulls and Atlanta tied 0-0. I think we both had 2-2 draws. Uh, me and Craig, that one. You did not get that one. Luke Craig had a really amazing week, actually. He did. He should fucking yeah. replace me permanently. Yeah. Uh, Sporting Kansas City and the Houston Dynamo, uh, after the Houston Dynamo winning midweek at home, they went to Sporting Kansas City and got a draw, which is good for them. 0-0, uh, <laughs> Luke Craig on that one. Vancouver, San Jose, a one-one draw. This is what gave, part partly what gave San Jose like control their destiny. Yep. Uh, that one-one draw. No one predicted that one because we all thought Vancouver was going to wrap up that. They've had a one great, seed, a great end of their season, which they have not done yet. Uh, Colorado Rapids beat Real Salt Lake. Only Luke Craig predicted Colorado Rapids beating Real Salt Lake. Uh, no one predicted LA Cup. Galaxy beating Minnesota United three nothing. Seattle Sounders uh, versus FC Dallas. And Portland Timbers versus DC United both added four to nothing. Those games all ended the way they should have. Yeah, well, yeah, all predicted by all three of us. So the only three game, only two games where all three of us predicted the correct one were those last two games. So this week I was six and five. You were three and eight. God damn it! Terrible. And Luke Craig was seven and four. Good on Luke Craig. Yep. We'll have to have, bring that guy back sometime. We should have promotion relegation on this podcast. Yeah. And then every every year, there's a new host depending on who finished best and last. And okay. Then, as long as you're willing to get, keep giving me the... Keep uh, giving money no matter how low I get relegated. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the equipment. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. All right. Let's talk about uh, week 34. So the last week of the season, decision day. Decision day. Sounds like a fucking high school decision recruiting. Decision day. They're hyping. All right. They hyping. So... NYCFC versus the Austin, sorry, Columbus crew. I have NYCFC winning 3-1. to one. What do you got? 
I got the crew uh, being galvanized by what's happening to them right now. Three to one win to the crew on the road. Ooh. Yep. Absolute switcheroo. Switcheroo, yeah. A switcheroo. We did a switcheroo right. is what we did. All right. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes versus Minnesota yeah. United FCs. I have the six San Jose two. Earthquakes <laughs> winning 6-2 to two because fuck Minnesota United. <laughs> I've got Minnesota United losing by just one goal, 2-1 to one loss to uh, the Earthquakes. Take a stance, motherfucker. I've never taken a stance for anything in my life. I never will. <laughs> All right. Atlanta United hosting Toronto FC. I have this is a good game. This is a very good game. I have Atlanta United winning 2-1. to one. This is a this is an MLS Cup preview, and I think Atlanta United sneaks into that second spot. By the way, okay. this win. Well, I was just kidding about the MLS Cup preview thing. Uh, I got Atlanta three to two over Toronto, Ooh, winning at right. home. All right, they make the, a noise down there. The Portland Timbros versus the Vancouver Whitecaps, two to two. Yeah, I got two to two as well. Oh. we did it. I think you're looking at my notes. I did mine first. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. you know, keep going. Philadelphia Union hosting Orlando City SC. I have Orlando City SC winning in this terribly garbage game that no one cares about. It doesn't matter. Two to one. Uh, I've got a tie. Zero goals to the Union. Zero <laughs> goals to City. And zero value for the fans in attendance. Gross. All right. FC Dallas versus LA Galaxy. As I mentioned before, San Jose winning means this game is meaningless. I have a zero-zero draw in Dallas. I've got uh, zero goals to the Dallases. Zero goals to the Los Angeleses and zero value for my MLS Live subscription turn, tuning in and watching this bullshit. Cool. All right. Uh, Houston Dynamo. Yeah. Chicago Fire at home. Yeah. I got Houston winning 1 nothing over the Fire. Yeah, Dynamo went at home 2 to nothing over the Fire. They're without Bastion Schweinsteiger, by the way, the Fire. So um, that's going to be a, I don't know, that's going to cut the uh, Achilles tendon for him. All right. Montreal Impact versus the New England Re Revolution. I have who the fuck cares? <laughs> Please tell me you put something else no, in there. No, it's literally my who the fuck cares. Okay, good Doesn't score matter. line there. Um, I had Montreal Impact winning one to nothing over the Revs. Yeah, who the fuck cares? Thank you. See, there again, you're like, fucking respect my opinions here. Respect that I want to contribute. All right. You sound like you think I'm dumb for even coming up with a score. All right, I got the Revolution winning two to one. <laughs> okay. Good pick. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, like this game literally means nothing to anybody. I don't know who In, including cares. Impact and Revs fans. Yeah. Exactly. Like how many? They should move the Revs to Austin. Will Will there be like Will there be more than seven thousand people in Montreal for this game? Well, well, Montreal is well supported. If this If this game were in New England, there wouldn't be for sure. Well, no. If this game was in New England, there'd be like four thousand people there. <laughs> they should They should move the Revs to Austin. That is a team That's that could benefit from some Actually, not a terrible idea. No, it's not at all. That's not a terrible idea. Um, hashtag move the revs. <laughs> right. I love that that's going to be, you know, we feel so bad for Columbus fans themselves, you know. And, like, so what's our take on it? <laughs> Let's fuck somebody else <laughs> over. <laughs> Listen, I actually, I honestly feel, I don't, I don't, I feel bad for crew fans, right? That sucks. Fans, longtime loyals there. And listen, we are Minnesota fans, so we've had our hearts ripped out multiple times by franchises either leaving or threatening to leave right. or being threatened with Almost contraction. Dying, yeah. Literally, like, we've, we've, lost, we've lost our basketball team, our hockey team, 
Our football team threatened to leave for multiple years. Uh, our right. baseball team was almost contracted. Our soccer team obviously almost soccer team uh, almost evaporated. died. Yeah, like yeah, we get three it. times. Not 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 just once. Three fucking times as long as I've been a fan of Minnesota soccer. So I get it. I understand. I it makes total sense. But um, you know who's getting fucked over more than anybody else in the MLS besides the crew fans? Who's that? It's New England Revolution's fans. Oh, Bob yeah, yeah. fucking Kraft is a terrible fucking person and deserves to probably die. <laughs> but he definitely should at least sell his franchise. Anyways, Jesus Christ. moving along. Uh, <laughs> at Red Bulls beating DC United 3-1. to one. Yeah. Uh, I got the Red Bulls beating DC 1-0. Okay, cool. DC, DC winning? Again? No, no, no. Red Red Bulls winning. Oh, okay, okay. Red Bulls have wings. Okay. They do have wings. All right. Uh, RSL hosts Sporting Kansas City. I have Sporting Kansas City going into RSL and winning two to one in Rio Tinto. I got a, I got a one one. Which all my all my um, predictions line up for a um, a uh, what do you fucking call them? The Quakes making the playoffs. Man. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Only one more game, man. All right, Seattle Sounders versus Colorado Rapids. I have Seattle Sounders winning 18 to nothing. Why not? I got a Seattle Sounders winning by a much more modest line of <laughs> two to nothing. Good for you, Seattle. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Why, don't you, why don't you give us a fantasy rundown All before right. we close? Indulging this up. our fantasies, we're gonna do this really quick. Uh, MLS fantasy. Nothing really changed a whole lot uh, this week. I had 67 points. Martin, you had 868 points. I. Have 2,481 points overall. You have 2,332. My wife has 2,404. So I'm going to beat my wife, which is awesome. Not in the. And you beat your wife. Beating her. You beat her fucking ass. Just mentally and emotionally. Yeah, yeah, it's okay (laughs) if you just beat her emotionally. (laughs) (laughs) Not either of those things. Not not either of those things either. Um, Yeah. No, no, no. I just beat my wife emotionally. Yeah. This podcast will definitely. Be, uh, so kill Bob Kraft. Part A, part a in my uh, in my divorce. Uh, oh yeah, no, this audio is not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, right, so I'm, what are the what are the what are the top of the standings? I'm in sixth. Like? You're in tenth. Uh, and yeah, nothing nothing has changed over the course of the last like four weeks. So brothers, brothers Demidoff is going to win that gift card. We'll gift talk about card. You mean target allocation target money? Target allocation money. Yeah. We'll talk about how he's going to re- retrieve that in a little bit. Uh, Kringle LA is in second, Costa Rica Loons in third. Good on that. Literally no one's changing. Um, all right, so moving on to EPL, Artaga, our perfect 11 league. Uh, I had 89.75 points this week. You had 55.5 points. I have 1,650, 1,065.5 points. You have 733.25 points so far over the course of the year. Nice. First place this week was Three's Company. He had 151.25 points. Uh, so he's in first overall. I'm in second. And Cherubacious Turnbuck is in third. In the draft league, we have a three-way The one that matters. Tie. We have a three-way tie for first place right Fucking now. Fucking competitive day. Uh, yeah, I beat my wife. Emotionally. Again. You just emotionally ravaged Emotionally her. beat my wife. Um, so... I'm in first, tied for first, with six uh, wins, no draws, and a loss. You beat Cherubacious Turnbuckle, so you are also tied for first. Do we know who that is yet? Do not know who that is. Yeah, fuck you. So, um, the funny thing is, is like, 
overall, you are technically in first place because you have 749.25 points. Correct. Pete Bisson, who also lost this week for the first time, he was in first place earlier, has 748 points. He's 1.25 points behind you for first well, tie differential. Well, Pete, and I am, I am literally 4.75 points behind you with 744.5 points. Listen. So, uh, Pete, if you're listening, David sitting right next to me, if you guys want to talk about fantasy tips, if you guys want to hear some of what I've been doing to have the kind of success I've been having, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you guys. I don't want to just uh, contain all that knowledge. I, I want to share it with you guys. I want you guys to get better. It makes it more fun for me to have that kind of challenge. You know, so I, I lost in my first week when I had a bunch of guys who were out. With emotional beatings. Like, and I had... Uh, Phil Coutinho and all those guys like yeah. sitting on my bench. Um, you know I haven't lost since then. Okay. And I scored like like forty five points my first match. I literally just fell asleep yeah. listening to you talk. So just, I'm just so uninteresting. I'm just saying I think. Okay. Just, all right. I just so. if you said things that were more interesting, I'd really perk up right now. But so far, nothing. All right. Uh, Bundesliga. I tied for first place again this week with my friend. Uh, Nick, with 75 points. So top three there hasn't changed. I got to no ideas in first place. Pew, 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 sick with in second place. And CD Azteca in third place. Love it. Um, yeah, no one gave us questions. Cause Are you kidding? Yeah, no. You want to ask me a question? You got a question you want to fucking really. throw out my way? You have a question for me? I mean, we can maybe, I could, you throw a question to me, and maybe I can think of a question Let's for you. Let's do it. Let's give each other okay. questions, all right? Um, if you uh, uh, fucking had a question for me, what would it be? Um, if you could only save one of your kids, which one would you save? Um, I'm not going to back down from this. I, I get it's a hypothetical question. I don't think there's somebody outside of my house right now waiting for my answer. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to save... Benjamin. Really? Oh, yeah. Why? Benjamin is very sweet. He cares about others. Um, uh, Your daughter's so much more smarter, though. I don't think that's true anymore. I, okay. I, I think they're both smart in different ways, but Natalie has this really shitty attitude. <laughs> and so I think instantly she gets thrown into uh, Meshach and Abednego's fucking fiery furnace. <laughs> If I had to choose, yeah, I mean, which I don't. Obviously, no, yeah. No, but she's she's you're a, gonna try to save all of your children, look, but I, you only could save I, one. It would be Benjamin, hands down, because <laughs> no. Na Natalie, Natalie is wonderful and she's beautiful and she's she's so smart. You should see this picture of a pumpkin. She drew motherfucking pumpkin looks like a photograph, and uh, but right. also she's a little bitch, and I would throw her right <laughs> into the fiery furnace. Uh, all right, so now if. How do you think your wife would answer that question? Oh, God. Uh, oh, she'd say some stupid shit like, I'd, I'd kill myself. You know, like, some kind of lame cop-out. I wouldn't kill myself. Yeah, I, no. no. I still got a lot to live for. Who knows what could happen to them? <laughs> you know, the people say they got a long life ahead of them. Well, who knows? They could grow up to be Hitler. I'm yeah, not, not, not going to turn into Hitler. Murders. Right. Yeah. I, I'm 31 years old. You're if much I were going to turn into a serial murderer, it would have happened by now. Much, yeah, yeah. You know what you're in, getting in with that, me. In that lane. Yeah. No. yeah, that's fair. So I, I'd, I'd kill them both, you know, if I had the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'd kill them emotionally. 
Okay, so yeah, killing emotionally with this song. Killing emotionally. <laughs> I guess I, I owe you an actual. I owe you an actual uh, question, don't I? With this song. Killing emotionally. Yeah, please. Um, all right. If you, you could ask me what what cat, I would say if I have a very easy question uh, to that answer. Uh, no, 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 no. I uh, kill kill both your cats. It doesn't matter. So no, 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 no. no. I would I would save the old cat. I would kill the kitten because that kitten's a fucking terror. So what what would you what would you rather do? Listen up, okay. All right. Would you rather have diarrhea for a month straight? I'm talking serious, like always on the seat of your pants. And by on the seat of your pants, I mean shit on the seat of your pants. Uh, diarrhea for a, a month straight, no stopping, or have to drink a glass of diarrhea, and then it's just gone for you. Would you drink one glass of diarrhea so that you didn't have diarrhea nonstop for a month? What if I said six months? No, no, no. You said month. Okay, I'll say a month for now. Um... So this is this is, so we're do, so basically we're playing would you rather on this one. Well no shit. Yeah. So like am I sitting on a toilet straight for the month? No, or no, this isn't like, like a lethal weapon too. Like every situation. time I go to the bathroom and I need I have diarrhea. Well you constantly have to go. And so you're, fi I, you're I, fighting it the whole so time. So but I can I can never so I I can't sleep. Because no, no, no. It's I'm I'm not saying that you're gonna like, can't, like literally work? die. I'm I'm saying that the worst diarrhea you've ever had has not been you literally unable to leave the toilet for like a, a literally a month. Okay, but I'm just saying that like every moment of your life, you feel like you're on the brink of letting it slip. Doesn't mean that you literally aren't leaving the house. Maybe it does for you. I don't know. It doesn't mean you literally cannot leave the toilet for a month. But it's always right on that edge, and you feel like garbage, and you're dehydrated. Yeah. And I take the diarrhea for a month. You take the diarrhea for a month? Yep. My wife and I always, uh, not always, like we fucking do this every day, um, but a couple of times we've played this game where, like, uh, we, okay, so, like, how, w w if, I gi if I gave you, uh, like, a billion dollars, would you have sex with, I don't know, Humphrey Bogart? I guess he's fucking dead right now, so that's maybe not a great example, <laughs> but, you know, like, so, so just, like, some of you obviously, ew, gross, you know, and it would be like, for a billion dollars? Fuck yeah, I'd have sex with Humphrey Bogart, and it would be like, what about for, like, ten million dollars? I'd be like, yeah, I'd have sex with Humphrey, that's ten million, that's life-changing, for how much time? You know, 30 minutes, if we're all trying to be nice to each other? Yeah, what, and would a million dollars? I don't know, a million dollars to buy a lot of college education. Okay, a hundred thousand dollars. Bring it, that, bring it uh, down every time. Hundred thousand could be a game changer for us. Okay, ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars doesn't come in, and we just like, keep. It gets sad how low we're willing to go for how like desperate for a little extra coin we're. We're talking like okay, a hundred dollars. We just sex with Humphrey Bogart for a hundred dollars. Well, I don't know. You, 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 Humphrey Bogart, like. The corpse of Humphrey At this point, I suppose yeah. that's probably what we're talking about. So maybe okay. it's up to like $500 yeah, at this point. Maybe, you know. yeah, maybe ratchet up, maybe 10000 bucks. I don't know. We'll see. But still, that's that's pretty sadly low number yeah. to hit. So we don't play that game anymore. Yeah, we don't. That's, why don't, you, that's why don't, you, uh, why don't you take a sip of your hams and tell them uh, where uh, they can find us? Guys, you can always find us um, at davesiknow.com. Again, don't forget, 
Come to the Dark Clouds uh, end of the year party next Tuesday, 10-24, the 24th of October at Lake Monster. You can bid on an opportunity to be on this stupid fucking podcast. You could get asked the very same questions that we just asked Listen, each other. Listen, we will come up. I Here's the thing. Here's what I think we should do, Dave. I think I'm we here. should. I think we should come up with a, a, a some would you rather or some fuck Mary kill sort of situations that we'll we'll ask the guest of the podcast. Fuck Jerry Kill, fuck, bud. Fuck come Jerry on, Kill. Too soon. Yeah. Well, fuck Jerry Kill. Come that on. That guy was kind of a dick. Honestly. Come on. <laughs> but you know we can do some sort of situations like that. We'll, we'll come up with some games. Uh, it'll be fun. It'll be the off season, so you know we'll, we have a little more leeway in terms of much fucking time we have. Um, so yeah, so come to that, uh, come to the Dark Clouds party, drink some beers, bet on some stuff, especially bet on our stuff. Uh, you can also, uh, please rate our stuff five stars or whatever the equivalent rating is on Stitcher or Acast or wherever the fuck you listen to this stupid shit. Um, but like it and rate it and maybe give a review. I don't know, I've never read any of the reviews, please. I have. Please read the reviews. Are they good? They're actually very positive. Oh, nice. Awesome. Keep doing that. Keep doing that, guys. Uh, you can follow us at TDIKMN. Um, also, hit us up with questions there, anything like that. Uh, Dave's I know MN at gmail.com is our email. Again, more questions there. I've. If you write a question, I will. Again, I'm just going to keep this. I keep throwing this out every, I'm just gonna every start. quarterly. Like, I will I will send a letter for you if you want. Uh, you can follow me at Texas L. You can follow Martin at offensive underscore loons. I think that's it. I think we're good. We did it. Awesome right. podcast. We only got one more game this season. Let's make it count. Fuck we yeah. are the Daves. You know, this has been the Daves. I know. As you do yours, land here, become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.